What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, What's the podcast? Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. Hi, remember us? Welcome to episode 212 of the Sports Yak Podcast. You mean the Terry Bradshaw episode? Not him I've heard of. The 71-year-old former quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers who won... Four Super Bowls with the Steelers and is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, partially because he threw 212 touchdown passes. Family Broadcasting Corporation, in association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports, and who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived, Chuck Freebie. Forever! You know, there's a handful of people that probably didn't even know that that guy was an actual athlete because of his TV career. Sure. Your thoughts on his TV career as a sportscaster yourself? Uh, I find him entertaining. I find him enjoyable. I think he's got a, a good personality. As an actor, he's not much, but I enjoy him in the studio. I, he comes across to me as like the funny guy, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering, you know, from someone with a sports perspective, does what he say when it comes to the game actually have merit or is it kind of excused by the the buffoonery? Oh, I, I think he knows his role on the show. Nobody is looking to Terry for these uh, these deep insights necessarily. Okay. All right. 
Well, let's get into it. Major League Baseball. We are uh, obviously still in a pandemic and uh, athletics trying to figure out a way to get back to playing some sports. So let's start with baseball. Well, baseball better figure it out and better figure it out soon if they're going to have a July 4th start date because here we are on the 1st of June and the players and the owners still seem very far apart in terms of salaries and in terms of how to handle the pandemic. And you know these guys are going to need about, oh, three weeks of spring training at least to get ready for the season. So if they're going to start July 4th, they almost have to come to an agreement this week. Now, the players put forth a proposal last night that they readily admit the owners are not going to accept. And I don't understand why we're still playing these games here in terms of negotiations on June 1st. But baseball had better realize they're on the precipice. They could go right over the cliff if they don't play here in 2020. Mm. Because minor league baseball is already hurting. We're going to see a lot of minor league teams go by the wayside after the season is done. And major league baseball might want to look at sports like... uh, boxing, and some other things that have become virtually irrelevant in our society. And they could go that way if they don't solve this here in 2020. My son is very interested in how the NBA is going to land if they do land this summer. The NBA, when it lands, is going to, I think it's going to land um, playing all down at Disney World in Orlando. I keep hearing this push for uh, any team that's within six games of the playoffs is going to have a shot. This is ridiculous. Just start the playoffs now because you're not going to start until late July, more than likely. And if you don't start until late July, the playoffs aren't going to get done until sometime in September. And then the next NBA season starts in November. So I realize these guys have had time off already so that but there's a lot that goes with this and you still have to figure out the draft you still have to figure out the playoffs and again do the players really want to play or not now i don't blame them for having coronavirus concerns um, but the fact of the matter is if you're going to play You don't need 24 teams involved like hockey is going to do for its playoff situation. Just get the 16 teams that would be in there now. You you played a long enough season. I know the owners are all trying to get a little bit more of the pie here. But the fact of the matter is you've kind of run out of time here. And you're you're talking about going specifically on the record that they ended with. Yes. You know, so the Lakers, the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers. All the West Coast teams. (laughs) <laughs> right. The Lakers would be the number one seed. We're we're worrying about teams that are 8 through 12 in the pecking order of the conference standings. I mean, these aren't good teams. Nobody cares if these teams play again or not. Yeah. Okay. So it seemed as if pandemic talk was kicked to the curb this weekend as riots and looting and social frustrations bubbled up. From a sports perspective, and I know you you watch this stuff, you read this stuff, who said something that you perked up and paid attention to? 
You know, I think it was uh, a young man by the name of Master Teague who is a running back at the Ohio State University. And he came out and said something, I believe I reposted it Saturday. So let me quickly scroll down through my Twitter. But I really was taken by the fact that this this young man probably right around the age of 20 I thought was as wise as anybody who spoke over the weekend. Okay. And he's, he titled it Something to Think About. And it says, so what does adding two negative numbers produce? Well, a negative number. What about adding a positive number to a negative number? Now there's a possibility for the result to be positive if the positive outweighs the negative. With all the injustice that goes on in the world, if we fight injustice with another injustice, or in other words, fight a negative act with another negative act, I believe that we will have a negative result. Now, if we fight injustice with a positive response, now there's a chance for change. And not just a few people fighting the injustice with positivity, but our positive responses must outweigh both the injustice done and the injustice done in response to the initial injustice. The Bible says whoever sows injustice reaps calamity, and the rod they wheel in fury will be broken. And he quotes Proverbs 22.8. Now let me see if I can get to the next slide here. So if we sow injustice in response to another injustice, we too will reap calamity. Now what does calamity mean? Calamity means an event causing great and often sudden damage or distress, a disaster. On the other hand, if we sow positivity in response to an injustice, or in other words, respond with compassion in a way that's constructive, I believe we will have a positive result. It's okay to feel hurt and anger, but the way that we express those emotions is important. Action with compassion is louder than action with destruction. With that, love you guys. Take care of yourselves and your neighbors, and God bless you. And one more time, who said that? A young man by the name of Master Teague. He is a running back at the Ohio State University. Well said. And I'm really taken by that line, action with compassion is louder than action with destruction. Mm. Look, you and I are not black Americans. We cannot speak with any kind of authority in terms of what many African Americans go through in this life. And anybody, and I know you watched the George Floyd video, as have I, and anybody who watches that video can't come away with any thought, but then the action by the police officers was wrong. And I haven't seen a single person who didn't say that those actions were wrong. But it's very distressing to see the looting and the rioting, and I don't know what side is fueling all of that. You know, I, I would love for somebody to follow the money trail on that to tell me, because I see reports of two different sides doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two diametrically opposed sides. And you don't know what to believe anymore. This much I know. As this young man says, it's not going to get better unless we respond in a positive manner. Maybe that means that we have to do a better job of not only listening, but acting and standing up. The, the one thing I'm getting a little tired of is... Everybody comes out with their statement on the issue. 
Well, the statements are great, but they don't mean anything unless they're backed up by action. And we have to see what kind of action will actually be taken to solve this injustice in our society. Something to think about as each day progresses. You know, and we, it's not going to end today. And and Michael Jordan, who is not known for great social justice takes, mm-hmm. actually came out with one yesterday. Now, again, it's it's worded in kind of a typical MJ way where you feel like, well, he's wording it in such a way where nobody's going to be offended. And you also wonder, okay, besides saying this, what are you going to do? And I'm not sure what the right course of action is other than we know what was done to George Floyd was wrong. And we need to find ways to make sure that that doesn't happen. Well, we count on law enforcement to to serve the community and protect you and I. And when that doesn't happen... Right. It's almost like an airline saying, well, most of our pilots know how to land this plane. <laughs> but but that, and, and unfortunately, I still believe that most law enforcement officers, the vast majority of law enforcement officers, see an action like that and condemn it. And in fact, we've seen that from, from law enforcement across the country. Right. We've seen that action taken up in Minneapolis condemned. But it does happen. And why does it happen? Can we get to the root cause of why that happens and yank that root out? Mm-hmm. Can we jump into NASCAR action? Of course, we've got that going on. We can. That is uh, the one pro sport right now in the United States that has resumed. And Brad Keselowski became the first driver to win two races since NASCAR's resumption as he took the victory last night at Bristol Motor Speedway. Bristol, a much different track than what these guys had been driving on at Darlington and Charlotte. Those are more wide-open ovals. Bristol is a one-mile short track, so it makes passing all the more difficult. And uh, Keselowski, kind of an easy victory last night. South Bend's Ryan Newman continues to he finished 15th last night. He's been pretty much between 14 and 17 in all these races. I think at first the NASCAR resumption, that novelty brought a lot of people, their eyes to the screen. I feel like their decline in ratings is uh, precipitous. And, and part of the problem they've had is the weather, too. They've run into some bad weather. So their weekday primetime races, I think both of those got postponed. And that doesn't help the cause. Golf will start here in about two weeks. Okay. Uh, June 10th is when the Colonial, or June 11th, excuse me, is when the Colonial will tee off down in Fort Worth, Texas. So we'll see what happens with that. And other than that, the pro sports scene in the United States looks bleaker than what it looks like in Europe. Uh, we, we've been reporting those Bundesliga scores for German soccer. The English Premier League, I believe, begins again on June 17th, which is 16 days from today. I, I don't see the U.S. pro sports scene resuming anytime soon. Hmm. Have we covered everything you'd like to cover? 
Well, there is one thing that we'd like to do, and that is touch on something going on in high school sports. Corey, I don't know if you know this or not, but we have two terrific athletes in our area on the Diamonds who have been selected as Indiana Gatorade Players of the Year. Ryan Lynch from Penn is the Indiana Gatorade Baseball Player of the Year. And the young lady that joins us now on the phone, Aaron Coffel from Bremen, is the Indiana Gatorade Softball Player of the Year for the second straight season. Congratulations, Aaron. What does that mean to you? Um, thank you so much. First of all, it means the absolute world to me just to have the support from around the community, obviously, with Ryan also being it. Um, it's just a bigger bigger gathering, bigger support system. So it means the world to us, um, I'm sure, for him as well. So can't thank you, you guys enough for letting me join the show with you. Aaron, follow-up question. Favorite Gatorade flavor? Ooh, I'd probably have to go with Arctic Blast. Good call. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Is that the, that's the cool blue, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. It's either cool blue or Arctic glass. One of the blue flavors is my favorite. Okay. Got you there. Do you know Ryan? Have you communicated with him at all? Um, No, not really. I've heard of him before, but no. See, we that, haven't really communicated. I think that would be fascinating to have him pitch to you. Oh, yeah. Because. For sure. Corey, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, Aaron here holds the Indiana State record for home runs with 50 in her career, and she only got to play three years because, obviously, this season wiped out because of the pandemic. That's got to be tremendously frustrating for you not being able to play right now. Yeah, um, it's one of the hardest things I've had to go through, but, you know, through these times you learn to get through it, you learn to put things in place of that and you know you can't really do anything about it so I've been trying to get better every single day looking forward to Kentucky now working working to get there working to get better every day so yeah when you say working to get better every day what are you doing about just just about everything honestly working out um trying to eat healthy even though as hard as it can be sometimes um softball hitting almost every day fielding taking ground balls and then of course hitting off of coach mike still so he never leaves so he still pitches to you your coach at bremen mike huppert <laughs> yeah he, um just a couple days a week um we get on the field together and he still pitches to me because i'm still trying to find, find like live pitching even though i haven't seen it in about i feel like three years it feels like so, yeah, he's still pitching to me, trying to keep me in game mode almost all the time. So and for those who keep me ready for my travel stuff going on. I was going to say, for those who don't know, uh, Mike Hubbard, brother of Mishawak Athletic Director Dean Hubbard, um, is a terrific fast-pitch softball player. Okay. So it's it's not unusual for him to, to be throwing to Aaron not just uh, lobbing it in there like, you know, batting practice, but he can bring it all right for an old guy, can't he? Oh, yeah, for sure. We have our competitions daily, so that that's never left for sure. He gets me sometimes. I get him, let's say, a majority of the time. Aaron, when you start to make a name for yourself and, and word travels around about 50 home runs, can you – still enjoy a backyard softball game with the neighborhood Bremen kids or is it a 
another level where you kind of have to save it for the bigger diamond. Oh, no, for sure. I'm just going to enjoy it. That's why, that's why I love this framing community so much because they don't really take who I am like as a softball player. They take who I am as a person and a little bit of a player and, you know, they put they add a little bit more pressure to me, but um, for me that I just I just love playing. Um, the fifty home runs is just something that comes along with me. Um, so no, I would say I I just play I just play for fun. That's why I'm still doing it. So <laughs> well, you you love to compete, and that's obvious not only on the softball diamond but on the basketball floor where you helped Bream into a sectional title this year. Where does that love for competition come from? Um, I think it started with my young, my older brothers. Uh, we were always competing in the backyard, playing football, playing baseball, about just about anything. So it definitely started with them because obviously I didn't want to lose against them because you know they'd hold it against me about the whole day. So uh, I would always have to compete against them, try to win somehow, some way, even though some, most of the time I wouldn't. So, yeah, I think it came from definitely my older brothers. Now, Tyler and Drew were both catchers. How did you become a shortstop? Tyler was a first baseman. Drew oh, was a catcher. Okay. But my, right. dad, my dad was a catcher. And your so, dad, Rob, uh, uh, was drafted by the Yankees, wasn't he? Yes, he was, yep. How many times does he tell but, you that every day? <laughs> he actually doesn't bring that up too much, but he's awfully cocky himself when he tries to talk about uh, his baseball career. But... <laughs> Aaron, what was it that made you say yes, yes, Kentucky, yes? Um, honestly, it was my first campus, first college visit, so I was in complete awe of everything, the team, uh, the coaches, the facilities, just the university itself. It was an up-and-coming uh, campus, so the first time I stepped on campus, I absolutely loved it, and um, that was when I left, I was like, that's where I want to go. That's where I want to be. And I, I, funny story, I didn't even want to like, uh, go to see, I had to go to the university of Michigan the next weekend and I didn't want to go whatsoever. And my, my parents were like, Aaron, you have to go, you have to go. And, uh, I eventually even started crying. That's how bad I wanted to get, just commit to Kentucky. I just wanted to be done there. I loved Kentucky that much, but I, I took the other visits, kept my mind open, but yeah, Kentucky was the place that it came down to. Follow-up question, does crying usually get you what you want? Um, you know, sometimes it can, but in this situation, it didn't. Okay. You, <laughs> you committed very early. You committed, what, after your freshman season? Is that right? It was before my high school freshman season. Wow. Yep, it was the January before. Now, how in the world, let me ask this, as somebody who did not have the kind of athletic talent that you had, you, you were an eighth grader and being recruited by major schools like Kentucky and Michigan. How in the world does the word get out about an eighth grader like that? Well, we go to, like, showcases. So we go to showcases in Illinois, um, just about everywhere, honestly. Illinois, we went to Colorado, California. So those coaches go to those showcases. They travel to those showcases. And eventually we have games where we have, a, like when we were younger, 16E, 14E, we had um, games where there would be 10 to 15 coaches just watching us. 
So that's pretty much how, because in high school, you don't really, I mean, for bigger colleges, you don't really have coaches come to you. You travel to either their camps or they go, uh, the players go to the showcases and they go there as well. You've had some time during the spring to reflect a little bit on your high school career. Obviously, winning a state championship, that's the pinnacle. That, that's the moment you'll oh, never yeah. forget. But was there one particular hit, one particular home run, one particular moment in a game over your three years that you really remember? Um, I would say it would be semi-state of uh, last year um, when I hit the the bomb to uh, <laughs> left center. That's that's one hit I'll never for, I'll never forget. Oh my gosh, that was one hit because I just remember the whole the fans, just everybody. Because I think that put us up like eight to one or something like that, and I was like, okay, we got it now. Like everyone was just okay. Everyone started to relax just a little bit. So yeah, it was definitely that hit for me. I remember seeing the video of that hit, but do you have any idea about how far that ball traveled? It felt really good off my bat. I think you, some people say it went about 300 feet, something like that. Which, Corey, to put it in perspective, the fences are about 200 feet. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she hit it, as I recall, it went soaring over a picnic table beyond the left center field <laughs> wall. When you hit a ball like that, what does that feel like? feels like, honestly, like I hit it on the best spot of my bat. Um, I hit the ball solid. I was on time. So I can't really explain to you the feeling, but I just feels really, really good. What's more memorable, Aaron, home run number one or home run number 50? You know, honestly, I don't even remember when I hit home run number one. So probably home run number 50 for me. I think that was my last home run. It so, was, yeah. Yeah. Yep, so probably home runs under 50. Let me ask you this, because I don't think people have an idea. You, you mentioned earlier you're working out, you're trying to eat right, you're getting swings. How much time would you say that you put into softball in a given day? Probably for workouts um, and softball, probably two to three hours, three to four maybe. Um, and this is when um, you're not playing games. Yeah, correct, correct. Um, probably during games, I'd be, I didn't, wouldn't have much of a load because I wouldn't obviously work, be working out on a game day because um, we'd probably be playing in the morning. But yeah, those are typical days right now. What I have, um, so working out, hitting, fielding, trying to do something like that, throwing. So yeah, probably two to three hours, sometimes uh, four hours a day. How many swings would that be? I try to hit like five to six times a week, so we probably get in 300 swings a day. I mean, me and my dad say we want quality over quantity. Um, quality swings are much better than 600 swings a day. So if I feel good, then no need to keep going. So, yeah. Aaron, I'm guessing you're more than just a one-note person. Like, you're more than softball. What, what excites you other than the game of softball? What else, what else do you love in life? Um, I would have to say my friends, my family, I love hanging out with my friends. We have this game right now that we're kind of obsessed with. It's called marbles. 
kind of like sorry, but just one of those. It's just a little thing. Um, I love being around my family. I love being, actually, yesterday was graduation, and this honestly just set the tone for me. We did a drive-by graduation. So afterwards, we did a senior cruise through town, kind of like we do for the fire. The fire trucks let us, but kind of like we do for the, uh, once we win a, a post game. Uh, sorry, a postseason game for softball and basketball. Um, sure. We drive through town with the fire trucks. So that kind of just left me off with a good note for Bremen. Um, that's another thing that I love, other than softball, this town, this community. They're so supportive. It just, just I don't know where I'd be without them, without all their support. So, When you get done at Kentucky, what do you see Aaron Koffel doing? Hmm. Well, I'm going to major in kinesiology, so it's either going to lead me to PT or being a PA. Okay. Either one. Yep. PA is a physician's assistant. I know PT. Yes, I know PT because my daughter is studying physical therapy and oh, okay. uh, yeah. go, going to grad school starting this year after completing at the University of Dayton. So obviously uh, you you would have some work ahead of you but it's nice that softball can give you an outlet to get your studies taken care of, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm so blessed to be able to play at the next level. I am excited. Um, I'm. We're starting to get uh, connected with my future teammates right now, so I can already tell it's going to be such a fun journey ahead. What's that experience been like, uh, trying to connect with these people with all the social distancing rules and things like that? Yeah, um, so basically those workouts that I'm doing um, are we're competing for workouts. We're competing doing softball. We're, I'm in like a subgroup right now with some of the girls, so we constantly send in what we're doing every day, you know, trying to. And then I think, I'm not sure, but at the end of all this, we they add up all our points. So it's basically just a big old competition that we're doing, trying to make it seem like we're at campus right now competing with the girls daily, so. As a wrap-up for me, I don't know if Corey has anything more, but, you know, last year when I came down to cover you guys going to the state finals, you and I took a picture together, and I posted Mm -hmm. that when you won your Gatorade Award last week, and I said one of us became Gatorade Indiana Player of the Year, and I was a little disappointed, Aaron, that nobody thought it was me. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, you should have said you should have made it more clear on that. I guess. I, I well, I don't think I had to make it any clearer because apparently everybody got the message that it was you. I just thought there might be yeah. one person, one person out there who stumbled and thought it was me. <laughs> uh, but it's yeah. been a it's been a joy to meet you and cover you during your career, and we can only offer you the best wishes as you go to the University of Kentucky. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for doing this. It means the absolute world to me. So thank you for covering me during my softball career, my team. Um, Thank you so much. That was fun to talk with Aaron, wasn't it? Very fun to talk to. Sounds like she's got a great head on her shoulders. And uh, best of luck to her at uh, Kentucky. Where is Kentucky at? It's in Lexington. Lexington. Yep. Okay. So, you know, when you talk about the pantheon of Bremen sports athletes, I've had the pleasure now of working with Bo Hunt for about 13, 14 years. And he is the gold standard on the boys' side. But I think Aaron Koffel ranks right up there with Bo Hunt in terms of Bremen sports legends. There's a competitive spirit down there in Lion Country. Well, and there certainly is one in the Koffel household. I can (laughs) tell you that.
Chuck, you're on Twitter, aren't you? I am at 46 Sports. You can follow along the, that uh, tweet that he read earlier. That's where you can find that. I'm going to go find that for myself, and uh, I appreciate you sharing that. You can always email us, sportsyak with two Ks at gmail.com. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga-looga, Terry Bradshaw. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. You've been listening to Sports Yak with Chuck Freeby and Corey Mann as himself. Produced by Corey Mann. The Sports Yak theme song by Rhett Walker. Production elements and voiceovers by AudibleGenesis.com. Engineered by Phil Souza. Executive producer is Danae Hughes. In partnership with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Interested in your own podcast? Contact Danae at Danae at StudioDNA.media. Sports Yak archives available on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.